And so the lamb was slain. Jesus decided to give his life well before them. And so this is what we call life before life. We had our existence in him. Well, hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. It is an honor as well as a privilege to bring you the rich word of God. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part number two of the series entitled Uncovering Our Identity in Christ. This is so important that every born-again believer, that everyone knows who you are in Christ. This is powerful. This is part number two of that series, and it is subtitled Life Before Life. But first, let me remind you, go to the website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Vimeo, and get information on Roku and so much more. Check it out today. And while you are there, please drop us a line. Let us know that you hear us and that you are enjoying the broadcast. It would mean so much to hear from you. All right, without any further ado, here comes part number two of the series, and it is entitled Life Before Life, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Let's greet our online community by saying praise the Lord and give them a hand. Welcome wherever you are. All around the world, we welcome you in the name of Jesus. You are a part of the service. And remember, when we pray, we're also praying for you. And we thank you also for your uh, um, viewing of the service and also for your, your giving. Because your giving helps people to live uh, all around the world. And we thank you. All right. Well, today we're going to continue just briefly in the uh, subject or rather the, the, um, the series that we started on um, uh last week entitled Identity, uh, the Identity Series, Knowing Who You Are in Christ. And today's subject, I really want you to hear this. Today's subject is entitled Life Before Life. There was life before life. So I really need you to hear this because we won't be very long today. Um, It is Kids Day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is Kids Day. So we've got a lot of things going on today, and so I pray that you're ready to hear this. We're going to go ahead and start in um, Psalm 139 this morning. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Give your neighbor a high five and tell him it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Psalm 139, and uh, we'll be reading uh, verse number 11 through 18. And I want to read this this morning out of the uh, God's Word translation. I love the way it reads. Of course, King James is my standard, uh, but sometimes we do like to use other translations if I think that it's going to help you understand a little bit better. So please listen to this uh, as we read Psalm 139, verses 11 through 18 of the God's Word translation. God's Word translation. Verse 11 says, If I say, uh, let the darkness hide me, And let the light around me turn into night. Night is as bright as day. Uh, Darkness and light are the same to you. Now, some of you may remember that from last week. How, remember in the book of Genesis, uh, God said, let there be light. Right? And there was light. And then God separated the light from the darkness. And remember how in the beginning light and dark uh, were together. They were as one, and it was God that separated the two of them. So uh, 
darkness does not cover us. God can see just as well in the dark as he can in the, in the light. He made them both. All right, look at verse number 13. It says, uh, you alone created my inner being. You knitted me together inside my mother. That should be everybody's testimony, right? All right, very good. He says, uh, I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. You have been. You have been. Say, I have been. It says, your works are miraculous, and my soul is fully aware of this. My bones are not hidden from you when I was made, or rather, when I was being made in secret, when I was being skillfully woven in an underground workshop. Uh, I love that imagery there, uh, talking about the mother's belly once again. Verse 16, your eyes saw me when I was still an unborn child. Listen to that again. Your eyes saw me when I was still an unborn child. Every day of my life was recorded in your book before one of them had taken place. Everything that was to know about you, everything that was to know about me was already written down in the book before the first breath was taken. God knows you. He knows you, and you are now recreated for a purpose and with a purpose. Verse 17, how precious are your thoughts concerning me, O God. How vast in number they are. If I try to count them, there would be more of them than there are grains of sand. When I wake up, I am still with you. When I wake up, I am still with you. Understand that. Now, what, what I want you to see really is here in verse number 16. We're speaking today from the subject of very briefly of life before life, life before life. When I talk about life being before life, I'm talking about the life that you had with God in God before you were conceived and before you were even born out of the womb. There was life before life. The Father knew you. You had a purpose. You had a destiny. Look at verse 16 again. It says, your eyes saw me when I was still an unborn child. Every day of my life was recorded in your book before one of them had taken place. Uh, every part of your life, how you would look, uh, what you would do in life, God's plan for you. The Bible says that God knows his plans for you. He knows uh, what he, he's given everybody, a hope and a future. He's given everyone an expected end. There is a, there is a uh, divine plan, a divine strategy for all of us. And when we walk in line with God's divine plan, with God's divine strategy, you can bet you're going to have you're going to have um, you're going to have divine blessings. And that 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 does not say that life won't be troublesome, but it does mean that with every battle that you will encounter, you will always overcome and you will always come out victoriously when we walk in and walk in stepping in tune with God's divine plan. Now, as man, as free moral agents, 
God has given us the ability not to follow his will, not to follow his plan. You don't have to follow it if you don't want to. It is really up to you. Now, when we step off line of that, then that's when we begin to uh, go into areas and we get into hardships and things don't work together. I believe Romans 8 says all things work together for the good of those who love God, uh, who are called according to his purpose, who are following that, that who are following uh, that divine destiny or that divine plan. Let me give you another example of that. It's kind of like if you're taking a long trip somewhere where you haven't been before, you don't know where you're going, and you use your GPS. Now, the GPS will give you a specific plan of what streets to take, and it will even tell you about how long it's going to take for you to get there. Now, you can choose to follow the GPS if you want to, or you can choose not to follow the GPS, right? GPS global, uh, I think, positioning satellite, right? So there's a big satellite up in the sky, you know, that is watching you and telling you that sees all the roads. And if you have a good GPS system, it will even tell you uh, when there is a roadblock up ahead or, or when traffic is going to be bad and it tells you slow down, you're about to encounter something. And even on one of those apps, it tells you, I've heard it, uh, a cop cop on the right or police on the right you know or, and all this other stuff obstruction in the road it's telling me as i'm driving down the road before i get there one mile up uh, policeman to the right you know someone has already been there and has reported that or whatever so if i'm listening i'll be aware of what's happening because the road is already planned out in front of me but if i decide no i don't want to take this i'm going to just get off the next exit and i'm just going to wing it i'll get there well, um, of course, it's going to take you more time if you do get there at, at all. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the Lord has a divine plan. He has a divine destiny. And uh, as long as we follow his plan, his purpose for our lives, we're going to get there. And every problem, every trial, every situation that we encounter in life is going to work together for our good. That's a guarantee. But when we are uh, rebellious and we say, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing, God. I hear what you're saying, but I don't want to go that way. Uh, I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, those things uh, many times do not work out for the good of the person who's not following that uh, divine plan. But the Lord said, I know you. And it, even scripture says that uh, even the very head, the very uh, hairs on your head are numbered. God has numbered the very hairs on your head. Now, that in itself is, is awesome to think about. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. That's somebody who's really paying attention to you. But not only that, if we look at that, that verse again, he knows, uh, he knows a number, but uh, he knows the number as in when you're brushing your hair, one comes out, he knows, oh, that was number 1,010. Brush that hair, oh, that was number six. He knows everything. He has, he's so detailed concerning you because he loves you so very much. You were created with a purpose and for a purpose. Amen? Amen. Now, Isaiah 46, let me show you this too. Isaiah 46 also talks something about this. Isaiah 46, verses 10 through um, 10 and, uh, 9 and 10. It says, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Look at verse number 10. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. He declares the end from the beginning. 
So he's standing uh, at the beginning of something, at the creation of something, and says how this thing is going to work out already from the beginning. Of course, decades, eons uh, ahead. Now, we can do that somewhat like that, you know, uh, here in this natural world. If, if some of you know how to bake a cake and all that, you can declare the end. And uh, my son-in-law is, of course, is an excellent chef. Yeah, chef. Uh, he can say, at the ending, well, I'm going to make him this wonderful blackened fish with these wonderful uh, steamed vegetables, and it's going to look like this in this plate. I'm giving you some ideas, by the way. And it's going to look um, so wonderful in this plate, and I'm, I know what kind of plate it's going to have, know what kind of forks I'm going to use. I know how the table setting is going gonna, gonna to be. Before he even starts, before he even cooks the meal, before the fish is out the freezer or what have you. I'm sorry, not frozen fish, you know that. Um, but um, bef before it's here, before it's there, he already knows how it's going to look. Anybody been there before? You're planning a Thanksgiving dinner, you already know. You're at the beginning of it, you haven't even been to the store to buy anything. You can tell from the beginning how it's going to look like at the end. Right? All things being equal, they got, the, they got all the materials at the grocery store and they haven't been bought, you know, sold out and all that stuff. Everything being equal, you can tell in the beginning. All right. So we were formed in the, in the image and likeness of God. And uh, just like our father, our father speaks the, the end of something from the very beginning. So from the very beginning of you and I, he already knew what ingredients. He already knew your skin color. He already knew your parents. He already knew uh, your likes and dislikes. He already knew your divine destiny, what you were called to do, and he wrote it in a book. Everything, everything out. He wrote your divine destiny and the things he, did, he had planned for you. And so it's up to you and I to follow his plan. Say, Lord, I just submit myself unto your plan and your strategies for my life. And I'm telling you, um, when you are in God's will for your life, you will find that you are your best self. Does that sound foreign? You'll find that you are your best self. I know when I am in line and I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do, I'm, I, I'm praying like I think that I should. Uh, I'm, I'm, in his, I'm in his word and I'm fellowshipping with my uh, with my wife, my family, with my friends, I'm fellowshipping, I'm doing what he called me to do. I'm my best self. I'm my best self. But when I have not fellowship with the Lord, oh boy, it gets, it gets dicey. It's, it, it gets dicey. When I have not communed with him, it gets dicey. I get short-tempered. You really don't want to be around me. <laughs> You know, when I haven't been on, uh, we, I, I would somewhat say like it's like a cell phone charger, right? When you haven't charged up for a while, your battery gets low. And when your battery gets low, you're tired, you get irritable. You're really not fun to be around. Anybody been like that before? If you, when, you, when you haven't had your sleep, right? And for some of us, when you haven't had something to eat, can really get hangry, right? When you haven't taken that time, when you haven't taken time, for some of us, when you haven't taken time, you know, just to be alone, you really, you really can get really irritable. Isn't that right? Amen. Well, you have to know you. For me, I know I really have to take that time to be with the Lord. I really have that time to be with him. He makes me my best self. And I'm going to tell you that as well. When you take your time to be with the Lord, take time to meditate on his word and to seek him for his plan for your life. This will, you will be your best self. Hallelujah. Are you with me? 
All right. Now let me let's go to let me show you this in Revelation 13. Revelation 13. Revelation 13. And let me show you verse um, number seven uh, through nine here. Revelation 13. Are you still with me today? All right, let's look at verse number seven, Revelation 13, verse seven through nine out of the King James Version. And it says, and it was uh, given unto him, talking about the Antichrist. This is, of course, after the rapture has taken place, the snatching away of the church. And uh, we're there with the Lord, but those that are, that are left here, um, uh, those saints that, that are left here in the earth that were not committed to the Lord, that were not ready to go up uh, with him, go home with him, they'll still be here on the earth. Uh, and this is what it talks about here. And it says, and, and it was given unto, unto him to make war uh, with the saints and to overcome them. Uh, they will actually be overcome. You know, remember, remember many of those that are still here, in order to be saved, they'll have to be beheaded uh, because they, they won't, uh, deny Christ when the Antichrist is the scene, you know, and all that the false prophet and all that stuff happens, and all the bad stuff, all the stuff hits the fan. And if you uh, say that you love Jesus and that you're a fan of Christ, that's not going to go well for you. It's not going to go well for you if you're still here on on the planet with all that stuff happens. All right, so it says, uh, it says, and uh, the, the, he was given power. Uh, and he made war with the saints and he overcame them and power was given him uh, over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Verse number eight, it says, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. This worldwide leader, this one world government, this one world order. You know, the whole thing is shaping up for it right now. The one world currency is shaping up right now. Uh, we know uh, the, the paper money, that's, that's, you know, that's slowly going away right now. We understand that Bitcoin is rising and digi, Digicoin and all that stuff. Uh, one world cur currency, you know, it's coming up. Uh, so everything is, the whole stage is being set right now for one world leader and one world order. Verse 8 says again, and all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. So this is a warning, but I want you to see here, it says everybody on the planet is going to worship him. Remember, that's, this is where the mark of the beast comes in. You know, if you don't have the mark of the beast in your, in your right hand, your forehead, you can't buy, and you can't sell. So everybody's going to fall down and, and worship worship this great man of sin this uh they're going to worship this false prophet and all that stuff because they all going to want to eat and of course if you don't worship him you're going to be beheaded uh or you won't be able to have food or medicine or shelter for your families so he's, he's really going to wrap this thing up tight and uh, again if you're a fan of christ you're out of here he's going to definitely deal with you if you are caught uh at that time all right but but it says here but the thing I want you to see is here, uh, everybody's going to worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. What I want you to see here in my closing is that the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was slain from the foundation of the world. Now, what does that mean? Slain from the foundation. That is, he gave his life from the beginning of all things not just on uh, Golgotha's cross. We say, well, Jesus gave his life on the cross, that's when he died. Yes, that's the, that was the fulfillment of it, but 
the, uh, the slaying of the lamb took place before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? Now, look at that. It says uh, he was slain from the foundation of the world, from uh, denoting the beginning of things. If I say we're going to go from Bremen to Florida, from um, Bremen to the airport to go to Jamaica, from here, that from denotes a starting place, the beginning of things, the beginning of your destination. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world, which means that before God created uh, the, the, the planets, the moon, the stars, before he created angels, before he created uh, an orderly arrangement, because universe, I mean world, world here also talks about the universe, the cosmos, the orderly arrangement of things. Before he created trees, grass, before he created people, before any of that was created, in the beginning when there was just God and God alone by himself, before he created anything, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world, meaning that God knew you and I in himself. He knew us and uh, he planned, uh, planned for us and had relation with, we had relation with him in him. And the Lord knew that if he would bring forth man, if he would bring man forth, he knew what Adam and Eve was going was to do. He knew what uh, Lucifer, the arch, you know, archangel who became Satan, he knew what he would do. He knew all of that. And he had to decide within himself, uh, will I pay the price for them? He had to, de he had to decide within himself uh, that if, if I was going to make man, if he were going to make man, he knew that he would have to die. He knew that he would have to shed his blood for the remission of our sins. In other words, he counted the cost. He counted the cost. You know, before you go buy a new car, before you go buy a new house, you're going to count the cost, hopefully, to see whether you could afford this or not. You have to count the cost. You look back before you build a house, before you uh, build whatever, you count the cost. How much is it going to cost me to make this thing happen? count the cost. So before the father created, before he spoke the word, before he spoke anything into existence, before he said, let there be light, he counted the cost. So the Bible says the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. He counted the cost. The father loved us. He loved us even when we were just a fault, uh, a fault in himself. Even when we had our, our reality in him before he spoke the worlds together, before he spoke the worlds into existence, before he gave Adam and Eve a body, before all of that, he knew us. We had relation with him, and he decided that you and I were worth the trouble, that you and I were worth the effort. So the lamb, Jesus, uh, decided at that point, yes, they're worth it. Yes, April is worth it. Yes, um, yes, yes, hallelujah. Yes, they are worth it. Amen. Yes, they're worth it. And so the lamb was slain. Jesus decided to give his life well before them. And so this is what we call life before life. We had our existence in him. And before we were even conceived in our mother's womb, God had already written our 
had already planned our days out. He had already done it, already put it on paper, written it in his book. And you and I have a hope and a future and an expected end. Just like we do for a lot of our children here. Uh, a good parent may say, well, I want my child to grow up. They're going to have this sort of education or they're going to go to this college. Some people do that. They're going to go to this school and they're going to have a good life. And I'm going to begin now to pray for their spouse and all these things. You already have a certain idea of your child's life or at least what you want to happen in your child's life. Right? Uh, here again, our father is a good father. He's a great father. Hallelujah. And he already has planned out your life. And his plan is much more comprehensive than our plan. So if we say, Lord, I want to follow your plan for my life. You've written it out in the book. Everything that I would do, every encounter that I would have, I want to follow your plan. I want to follow, follow your tools, your strategies to make it to that expected end. And I'm telling you, when you do that, you will come out being your best self, the best person that you could ever be. Best person you could ever be. There was life before life, and that life began in the Father. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. Remember, uh, Psalm 139 says that God made you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are amazingly made. And he knew you while you were still in the womb. He knew you, as a matter of fact, before you were in the womb. And he planned for you. God planned for you. Your parents may not have planned for you, but God planned for you. He planned for you. And he knew who you would be, and he loved you from the foundation of the world. So if you've ever thought that you were an accident or you were ill-conceived, let me tell you now that that's a lie from the pits of hell because God made arrangements for you to be here. He made arrangements for you. Hallelujah. And you have a hope and a future and a destiny. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us to gather on your word. Father, I pray that, um, that every word that you have spoken will, will really hit and reverberate in the hearts and minds of your people. And Lord, I pray that great hope would be restored to them and that they will know that they are not an accident, uh, not by a long shot, that they would know that they are truly loved by you and that you still have a plan for them. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.